why would you continue to watch this crap? Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Montsednik hits one to deep right center field. It's in time, and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. And what is going on, Windy City Sports Talk fans? It's your boy, Brandon Combs, along with my guy, Ryan Fitz Gibbons. What's going on, Ryan? The Bajancy. The Bajancy is going on. We had a MMA slash boxing slash practical. We did more like Rocky four than an actual fight, but (laughs) (laughs) you could change. Yeah. Or, or, you know, Clubber Lang when he first fought Clubber Lang, (laughs) um, you you know, it, it was, it was really, really bad. We're definitely going to get to that. We're going to talk some, some boxing versus MMA. We're going to talk boxing versus the NFL, which is more rigged. We're going to talk about, Bajent Media. Hope you guys like that new intro. You know what the toughest part about that new intro doing that was? It was trying to get the the White Sox video to come in clear because it was before HDTV. So I couldn't find any clear video. TV was around. (laughs) Nobody on the outside had it on their TVs. Yeah. I just I just think it wasn't a uh a a big enough World Series for them to put it on HGTV at the time because you had to pick and choose back then. Oh, doesn't this doesn't you ever get exhausted? <laughs> I this. I don't. Doesn't this offer make you tired? Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> so, founder, so we up already. <laughs> it's like a new toy. <laughs> we've we've got a lot of stuff to get to. I've got a surprise for everybody, and uh, Fitz doesn't even know what it is yet. But but you will find out. You will find out with the rest of everybody else. <laughs> we had a big boxing match yesterday. I guess if you want to call any boxing match still big, because I don't. I'm an MMA guy. Like I love the UFC. I watch the UFC every week. Uh, I I'm not a huge boxing fan. But then I heard a lot of arguing over social media yesterday. I was like, you know what? Let me go watch this fight and see what everybody's complaining about. Because I know sometimes a lot of, you know, there'll be an MMA fighter fight a boxing guy and they'll be like, oh, he definitely won. And it's just because he was the MMA guy. And then he definitely lost. And I'm like, what are you guys crying about? So I, you know, reluctantly went and back and watched the fight. And look, Nganu messed him up, man. Yeah. By, by the end of the fight, Nganu knocks him down. He's the only one that gets knocked down is Tyson Fury. Yeah. By the end of the fight, Tyson Fury has has a, a bloody nose. He's bleeding from another spot of his face. He's cut, and he's been knocked down. While Francis Ngannou looked like he just walked into the ring. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. And they give the decision to Tyson Fury. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't go with marks on guys' face. I mean, even in the UFC, guys have won dripping blood while the other guy's fine because they, you know, there was either a stoppage. There's been some controversial UFC fights. I, I think if, if it was going to go anyway, it should have probably been a draw to or Naganyu winning uh, from what I saw of the fight. Uh, I did not think um, that they would give it to Fury. Uh, the one ref having it 96-93 was ridiculous. Um, Fury, I thought, won more rounds, but like I, like you said, he did get knocked down. Uh, I think there was definitely an argument for Naganyu, but there's definitely an argument. And, I mean, you're really not a pro yet. I mean, you really have to do it. I, he looked way better than I ever thought was possible. Way better. It did not look like a sloppy fight like Fury had billed it as like a fight that was not going to be possible uh, because he was going to be all awkward. And usually new fighters are like that. Naganyu did not look anything like that at all. Yeah. And I watching the fight. I mean, Nganu really did. He, he fought the better fight. He, he yeah. worked Fury a lot in that fight. He made Fury, go backwards a lot in that fight. He did everything that you would look at when you're watching the fight. You there's I I can't imagine there's very many people that watched that fight and when it went to decision was like, oh yeah, that's Fury's fight for sure. That it it you couldn't have watched that fight and saw that from that. But I knew as soon as I heard it was going to decision, well they're gonna give it to Fury. Yeah. Because you don't give the it MMA fighter that 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 decision it, it never happens you usually have to decisively beat the champ even if you're you've been in boxing for a long time you usually have that was not a that if, if anything it was not a decisive victory either way it wouldn't have been uh so you i kind of had the feeling i i thought it would be a draw but yeah and in uh fury you know kind of took the last couple rounds off just knew he needed to win a couple more rounds uh, to basically win the fight and kind of stayed away, was a little scared, was in the first fight ever. He wasn't winning in the clinches, so he couldn't just lay all over Fury like he did against Wilder, like he did against uh, lesser fighters. I don't think Wilder was a lesser fighter, really. I, I think Wilder won the first fight between them. Uh, and there is argument that he won the third fight, too, because Fury was down for almost 20 seconds. But... um. I think there's a history. I think there's a, a future here uh, um, in boxing. Um, this is the first UFC fighter I've seen look comfortable in the ring, look good yeah. in the ring. Um, it looked like a boxing match. It did not look like, you know, some guy going, um, yeah, if, if Fury won six rounds and he got knocked out, that's knocked down. That's a draw. Right. Um, Doubting Thomas says, good decision. Fury won six rounds at minimum, and you put in the fact that he's the champion. He has put in the time into the sport. He's his his boxing did look a little cleaner, um, it, and and that's going to usually get you a decision. That's usually going to get you the decision. Um, what does doubting Thomas know other than the fact of how to change his YouTube profile picture just to try to piss us off? <laughs> Fucking lions. What does Dallin Thomas know? Because you watch that fight. There is no way you believe Tyson Fury won six rounds in that fight. There's no, there's no, if, if you, 
do think that Tyson Fury won in that fight, it's because you're a fo- boxing fan and not an MMA fan. We we can rewatch the the fight. He won six rounds. He did. He if there's an argument. He won seven rounds. He won six rounds of that fight. He did pretty decisively too. Uh, but he didn't have a ten eight round, so that makes it a draw. I mean, uh, at least in my math, it makes it a draw. The, the round where he knocks him out and knocks him down isn't a ten eight round. It is a ten eight round. Yeah, that's a ten eight round. But Fury still won six out of the ten. And I guess you could say that gives him one point extra, but tinfoil hat guy. I I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I There's a lot of things, especially in boxing. Bo- boxing is, is, is fixed. I'm not sure if it's more fixed in the NFL, but it's definitely fixed. Um, the, and the NFL isn't fixed as far as outcome goes. I don't believe that because it'd be too hard to get coaches and, and players to be in on that. But referees... Referees can be in on that. And I want you to take a look at your screen right now as I have proof that it can happen. Yeah, this is. (laughs) There were four pass interference slash holding slash illegal contact slash whatever the hell you want to call it on Buffalo. A referee right here in the upper right hand corner. Referee standing right there watching it all happen. Referee on the on the end zone line over here on the bottom down by down by the the pylon. There's referee there watching it. None of them thought it was pass interference. At least make it illegal. The, the over under in this game was heavily bet at over 43 and a half. The score at this point right now 42. Yep, and uh, more on that over-under of 43-and-a-half later. Foreshadowing me if it's shiverish. But you know, I, I think there was a conscious effort there to make it um, n- m- not make the decision for a referee. But when it's that egregious, you got to make that call. you got to at least make the call that um, – you got to at least make the call that there was illegal contact. You have to make some kind of call there. When it's that egregious, it doesn't matter yeah. going in the other direction. I could see if the guys are barely touching him. You don't want it to be that way because it's a Hail Mary play anyway, and he's tossing it up because yes. every week teams will be doing it. Dude, these guys right up here yeah. in the upper left-hand corner are like, like, like he's a center going up for a rebound in an NBA game. They're Eiffel Towering him. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Godwin is looking for the ball. Meanwhile, the Buffalo defender is in a full-out tackle position. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? How? Like, I'm fine with letting them play. I'm fine with arms extended. I'm, I'm fine with, with arm checking and doing all that stuff, especially on, on a Hail Mary play. But when you got guys getting tackled, getting held out of the end zone yeah. so that they can't get to the ball, you've got to throw a flag there. There's got to be an untimed down there. And we have uh, Iceberg Slim 38 says Fury took a lot of punishment in that fight. That'll catch up with him. I think if they had, a, if they have a rematch, which they should, you're going to see Nganu Fury 2. And I think Ngannou is going to, I think Ngannou, if he doesn't finish that fight, will win that fight. It'll be going away. That was the, for people who haven't watched a lot of Fury fight, this is how Fury fought when he first started, when he first got to the division, when he first made a name for himself. This is how he beat Klitschko, by winning rounds, by stacking points, by being a great, for his size, being great defensively. This is how he fought. This is not how I thought he was going to fight this fight. 
because that's not how he's fought a fight. And have you seen years. the size of Nganu? Yeah. You're not you're not running at that man. Yeah, but <laughs> you have to attack in some way. You have to make an attack in some way. The way he ended that fight is not the way he can that he can uh that he can go into that set into the second fight. That is not the strategy. He I don't think he had a good strategy. I thought his strategy at first was he was gonna wait him out. I thought six, seventh round, here comes Fury. And he did win some of those later rounds, but he didn't he didn't push the action enough. For me to get the decision, if it was a draw, I'd be fine with it. I knew it wasn't going to go to the challenger. It's just that's that's just how that's not how a lot of fights. A lot and of this fights. is why the MMA UFC oh, ha- has taken over the fight they scene. Had a lot of bad decisions, especially lately. No, no, they've they've the definitely had bad decisions. The biggest broadcaster in the world shrugging, shrugging during some of the decisions. Joe Rogan. Is looking at people like yes, that. they have bad decisions. I I completely agree with you. And and Dana White says it all the time. Don't let it get to the judges. If you let it get to the judges, anything can happen. Don't let it get there because they do make bad decisions. And you should take in in, in all of fighting. However, like you were just talking, where he's not pushing the action, where he's not he's not right. Like that is it's very few and far between fights in the UFC and in MMA where you don't see them forcing the action even when they're on the ground they're forcing action there's elbows there's there's you know trying trying to submit the person they're it's they're always forcing the action and if action isn't getting forced the referee stands them up and makes them go again if you don't win the last couple rounds in any combat sport I mean, you really have to decisively win the first. You really have to just decisively win and then knock a guy down multiple times. You lose the last two or three rounds of a fight. You're probably not getting the decision, especially in a 10 round fight, maybe a 12 round fight, but in a 10 round fight. That's a pro fight, too. That should have been a 12 round fight. That would have been interesting. I mean, Nganu had a better landing rate, had more punches landed. I mean, I. I just think that that he was just the better fighter in this fight. I would have, I would have picked him. I I don't know. I watched the Fury fight over not, and over and over again. Fury I, I looked at condition. Fury did not look conditioned in that fight. He took no. A, he didn't look like he took it seriously at all. No, at all. His pants weren't even on right. I, <laughs> he kept lifting up his pants. It's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, I he, he back jiggle too. He looked it like was fucking jello. It I don't know if I don't yeah. I don't I, know if Fury was ready for this fight for sure. I he it, was tired by the sixth, seventh round. He, oh, he definitely did. He snapped back a little bit in the last couple rounds, and that's what I'm saying. He won the last couple rounds pretty decisively. I agree. But so moving on. Do you think do you agree with, with me when I sit talk about the NFL in Vegas? It's hard not to. Uh, the refereeing is is definitely bad. Uh, it, it's even worse this year than it's. How much did you bet? Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Oh, no. I, I don't bet on boxing because it's it's fixed. You just got twenty dollars in your account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm using that for today's parlay bet. All right. Well, yeah. We need to know about the parlay bet before the end of, of the show, but. I mean, it's getting so bad that that the the broadcasters were like, I'm not going to talk about refereeing. I'm not going to talk about the officials in this game. I'm not going to talk. Even those people are talking now. 
Yeah. Even those yeah. Are, are talking about how bad the officiating has gotten in the NFL. And I guess you could expand it on professional sports, but it's worse in the NFL than any other sport right now. Yeah. And, I, and I've got idiots on, on Facebook. Oh, you're, you're the you, – stop watching the NFL if you think that it's rigged. Why? I mean, I, I bet the under on Thursday night, so I was all right with it. I'm just saying that it was a bad call. I mean, it's just because – I say something's a bad call doesn't mean that I'm I'm gonna stop watching or that or that I, I you know I'm not okay with the call. I was fine with the call. I bet the under. Like so I was all right with but when you watch stuff like that and you know that the numbers are there, that, that so there's one of two answers here. Either A, all those referees that we saw in those photos, and I, I, I can pull it up again for you guys, all the referees standing here watching all of this action going on. Either A, know that the money is on the over and that they're at 42 points and that they probably shouldn't let another point be scored. Or B, should not have a job because they have no clue what a penalty in the NFL is. Because, I mean, those are the only two options that you can really come up with. What, what would be the third option here? I mean, they're told that they don't want to insert themselves into a game. I mean, I know they're told that. You see it at the end of a game where a lot of calls. How often do you see on a holding goal with less than two minutes to go on a two-minute drive? You don't see it a lot. I mean, I know they're coached to not you, really – You see it when the numbers need to be enforced. I'm just trying to find some third option here, and I, I, I think that's it. I think they're told not to insert themselves into a game. But when it's egregious like that, when it's – overboard like that you just have to make the call you have to it's the same it's the saints rams all over again and then you have a terrible super bowl afterwards you do you have a terrible super bowl that's between the rams who shouldn't have been there and the patriots and they don't really push the patriots and it's like a slog of a i don't i forget the the end score but it was like 17 to 9 or something like that um because the saints should have been in that super bowl um it was you know, it it was almost as bad as that call. The only thing with the Saints is it wasn't. Um, it was a really good design play, great throw by Drew Brees, and it was isolated. That's what makes that call even worse. Um, there were there were seventeen penalties called in this game, seventeen penalties that weren't as egregious as this. No, no, and I, I, I you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it, and and I agree with with Iceberg Slim here. And Iceberg Slim, thank you for for chiming in. He says three flags on one play is crazy not being called. I uh, completely agree. Completely agree. When when you look, I understand the the position that you are in. I understand where the game is at. I understand this is a hail mary, and it only happens like once every every three years that one of these is completed. Excuse me. But th there is no way in the world you can let this go. And the only obvious explanation, because you can't say that if you're the NFL, there is no way you can say that these guys are that bad at their job. You can't admit that because you, you employ these guys. And th these same guys are going to call a, another game this coming week. So the only other explanation is that they knew the situation they were in. You had already lost the money on the on the over under. You had already lost the money on the over under. It was a five and a half point over under. No matter which way you went, you were losing that that bet. The money was on Buffalo minus five and a half. 
You were losing that bet no matter what. You know what bet was coming in in Vegas? The the under. You know what bet was heavily bet in Vegas on Thursday night? The over. You know what the biggest parlay for the night was in Vegas on Thursday night? The Buccaneers plus five and a half and the over. So tell me again, tell me that these aren't tell me that this doesn't and it lines up every time when you see stuff like this. I implore you go look at the numbers, go find out what the bets were in that game, because stuff like this can't happen and the NFL stays silent about it. Yeah, they don't it's even say about it. Uh, for people who don't know, because obviously being a uh, sweaty, terrible, horrible Bears fan, uh, I like to l- listen to the explanations of bad calls because every Bears team can't be good enough to beat a team decisively. It, uh, almost every game has to come down to one call. So I they used to explain a call. They used to be able to explain a call at the end uh, when the game was over. Uh, they would come out and they would say something like, yeah, we were wrong. Mia Copa, whatever. They're not doing that anymore. It's just not happening anymore. They're not even giving an explanation anymore. It's like, <laughs> it's like a wife cheating on her husband and being like, eh. <laughs> yeah. And look, it's not like it's your fault, dude. You you look at other sports, right? And we've complained. I, and I, I've talked about Angel Hernandez for a long time, right? Angel Hernandez, the reason why baseball kept him in so long, and I, I firmly believe this, is that Angel Hernandez had a had a lawsuit against Major League Baseball. And his his strike zone was the worst strike zone in all of Major League Baseball. Everybody knew it. I mean, everybody knew it going into the game. You could see players seething when they would get these calls. I mean, hell, a couple players got ejected knowing that they were going to get ejected because they had to say something at that point in the game. Kyle Schwarber comes to mind. Bryce Harper comes to mind. And Bryce Harper is the reason why Angel Hernandez ultimately lost his job this year because of that of that check swing call. And, and he argues it, and, th- and then it goes it goes viral, and it goes all over the place. But Major League Baseball did something about it. They let him go that very next day. They said, "Hey, look, you, you're you're done, and, and we we have the proof now. You you get as many lawsuits as you want. You're a terrible umpire. You need to go." And they did something about it. The NFL does nothing about it. And is this this isn't a new thing this year? This has been a bad thing for about four, five, six years now. How bad officiating has been and i've been saying for the and i've been following these numbers for the last four years every time something like this happens i go straight to the numbers and every single time that i go to the numbers it shows something there's something there every single time and it's always a controllable number that can be trolled by the referees every single time i mean i i just I, I, I can't down it. I mean, I forget the guy's name. I think his last name was Donovan, not Billy Donovan. We can't get into the Bulls, but I'd rather not. It's just idiotic. But uh, You're talking about the NBA ref that got caught? I, I forget his first name. But anyway, uh, was taking money. Now, that was more of a uh, him. Tim Donahue. Donahue, sorry. Um. You know, and I saw that Spurs Lakers game where basically Kobe Bryant basically knocks out Mike Bibby 
Mike Bibby's nose is broken. And yeah. he get a foul against him. Right. <laughs> and then Donnie, he comes out to say, yes, I was taking money. I'm a scumbag, you know, um, and uh, how- he's not a scumbag. If it were you or I, we would probably take the money too. The Vegas money's got to be good to do this. The Vegas money has to be good. Well, how much? Money There's got to be a good bonus actually. check at the end of the year for these referees. I'm not talking about the head ref, the head ref's probably getting his money. I'm talking about the refs that do throw the flags or don't throw the flags. The line judges, the judge in the back of the end zone there that we saw in the picture. If you want to put it up again, but uh, those guys, how much are they getting paid? Is this a part-time job for them? Yeah, I look. No, these all NFL refs are now. They used to be part-time, but ever since you remember the the um, replacement referee type thing. Yeah. So the replace yeah. after that, uh, after that, the yeah. referees were paid good enough that they don't have part-time jobs anymore. These are all full-time referees. They get paid. Um, during the off season, they get paid. It's a union now. So, why do we? Why is the NFL not doing anything about it? Again, it leads you to believe that there's something extra there, and it can't because there's no way. And, and owners not complaining about it. Owners are silent on the matter too, and this is costing them football games. But what we all know about owners, they don't care about wins and losses. They care about how many seats were filled that day. They care about how much money was brought in that day. More so than ever before, owners are going that way. Yeah. I mean, more so than ever before. It, and it, I mean, when you don't even have a guy like Jerry Jones speaking out about it. That's a little weird because Dallas has had a lot of calls, especially that Des Bryant, Tony Romo. Yes. Path, uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, it was a catch and a touchdown, and they – that team might go to the Super Bowl after that, and the game's over. Uh, Vegas has a lot of power, man. People don't speak out about it because they don't want their car to blow up on their way to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's the fact of the matter. Like I, me personally, I don't care. Blow up my car, I don't give. And you don't <laughs> even have to have a conspiracy, really. No, a lot of interests align. You, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. It could just be like, yeah. oh, this is what we're interested in. Or they could tell refs at the end of the game, do not call pass interference call. Yeah. And it all works out for Vegas. It doesn't have to be a total, like, it doesn't have to be calculated at all. It's when interests are. Right. Yeah. And, and I want to get to Fitzgibbons before we do with the World Series is tied at one game apiece. Yeah. We have the Diamondbacks in, in, in Texas. Diamondbacks now have home field advantage. Do you expect to see the Diamondbacks lifting the trophy here in, in about a week? I, I don't. I don't. I, I just think uh, um, the Rangers are too damn good. And I'd like to see the Rangers win, too. So I, I guess my heart's in it a little bit. And it's really been a good playoffs after yeah. you know a few hiccups with scheduling that we've already talked. I'm not going to get into it again, but it's really been a good playoffs. I, I, I think Texas takes this in six. I really it, it, do. You know, it's funny at the beginning of the playoffs, I posted on our Facebook page, which, by the way, on our Facebook page, if you did not get to see the ice bucket challenge by Fitz, oh. or if you did not get to see me wear the White Sox jersey for the entire game, you can catch that on our Facebook page. Uh, you can catch last week's show in its entirety. You can also catch the video of, of your son and your wife, you know, very happily 
by the way. I will say very happily dumping some ice water on you. The um, only one who took more joy in that was your sick head. Yes. But so, so your diabolical <laughs> self. The only person that had more joy. It was it was you, my son, and my wife. Like my son and my wife, like right below you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And your son listening to me too, because I told him I said, Hey, when you count down three, two, oh, one, when, when you say before you say one, you dump that ice bucket, and you could see him thinking about it. He's like, one, and he <laughs> that was great. But anyway, also on the Facebook page prior to the playoffs, I posted my my picks, my my playoff predictions. And prior to the Phillies losing, the only pick that I had wrong was was Minnesota actually winning a playoff series. <laughs> and I had Arizona in the NLCS against Philadelphia. I had Texas beating Houston in seven games in the ALCS. And then I had Texas beating Philadelphia in the World Series. Um, Arizona's starting to scare me a little bit, though. They've they've got that that 2005 White Sox you don't see this coming swagger and 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 i i don't like i'll be fine either way like i would like to see texas win i think that that fan base has never had a world series and i think that they deserve one yeah a lot of good teams and 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 that fan base is a really good fan base as well so i'm pulling for texas i want texas to win i picked texas to win it all before the playoffs started um but Arizona is starting to scare me. I'm with you, though. I do think Texas finds a way to pull it out in probably in six, I would say. Arizona didn't have a strikeout until, I think, the eighth inning, or was it the seventh? It was either the seventh or eighth inning. They did not have a strikeout. Yeah. Both then. Uh, head yeah. of player development for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Josh Barfield. The so new, the new assistant GM for the White Sox. Maybe yeah. The only good White Sox move in the last five or three years. So ahead of game one, I'm in Indiana because me and my wife are celebrating our, our one year anniversary and we went to go Very see cool. Aaron Lewis in concert. Great concert, by the way. And yeah. That guy is so authentic. You, by the way, it's a good venue. The, the one thing I don't like, I'm not a smoker. Smart. And the one thing I don't like about it is they're allowed to smoke inside the casino. And then, you know, Aaron Lewis is smoking throughout his entire concert. So everybody in the in the seats decides that they can they can smoke throughout it, too. <laughs> It that was a little bit annoying, um, but it was a great show, phenomenal show. Um, and the venue is really good. I do like the venue there. Um, I would go back, uh, despite despite the smoking. Um, but we're in we're in Indiana, and I'm like, damn! I, I go onto my my sports betting app while we're waiting in line to get inside, and I can't place my parlay bet. And it would have been a two dollar bet to win seven hundred. And the parlay bet was Texas winning. It was Corbin Carroll having two hits, which he did. He is something. It was their the Diamondback starting pitcher having five strikeouts or more, which he did. And it was Adolis Garcia to hit a home run, which he hit the walk off. Walk off, yeah, that was. But I couldn't place the bet because I was in Indiana. Stupid! You're so stupid. That it is stupid. It's stupid that they they have that on there. Like, what are you talking? It's my app. My home is in Chicago. I happen to be traveling, and I can't place a bet. Dumb. You couldn't. They don't have a sports book in there. You probably weren't far from a sports book. I go to the. No, we're we're stuck in line waiting to go in. 
and so I just, you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I was already pissed off because I couldn't put it on my app. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to walk around. You know what I mean? Like, as we're walking through, because the line conveniently goes through all the gaming area, right? So as I'm walking through, I'm throwing a 20 in this machine, a 20 in this machine, just to, to try to win some money as we're going in. But it just, it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, yeah, I got to get out of line and go place this bet. Um, and so, yeah, but it, it's dumb. It's dumb that they put that stuff on there. The same way I always say is dumb for, for baseball with their blackout restrictions oh, on, okay. on their apps and stuff. But that's another segment for another day. Speaking of segments, you ready to get into Fitz gibberish? Hell yeah. Hello, my friends. It is a diatribe, a conspiracy theory in an island in the middle of unapologetic and actually today pretty accurate, but sometimes inaccurate sports talk. Yes, people. The NFL is basketball with traveling. Volume two. Oh, God. <laughs> you know it's an American sequel when nobody was asking for it. <laughs> nobody. Tinfoil ad. We have posited on this show that the NFL's product is sloppy this year. Sloppy. Like Tiger Woods' nightlife in the early 2000s. Hey, Tiger. Through the first four games, Joe Burrows only had two TDs. He only has seven now. One of the best quarterbacks in the league the last few years. Josh Allen is leading the league in TDs, and he, he's almost halfway through the season with 17 TDs, meaning he's on target to have around 34 TDs. In the past 20 years, that would have only led the league three times passer rating for down and offenses outside of Miami are way down this year and we aren't even into winter yet don't believe me listen to some of the experts worm sharp of sharp analytics was a pretty good website and it's free for anybody who wants to check it out says the product feels bland superstars don't feel as super this year <laughs> Elite teams don't feel as elite or unstoppable this year. It's easiest to point. It's easiest to point the blame to defenses and their adjustments the last few years. They've adapted and are playing a style of defense that has reduced big plays. A lot of horizontal plays. The Bears do it more than anybody else. 2.1 air yards for Tyson Badgett this past week. We'll get into the weeds as to what they're doing differently later. But the offense, and this is Warren Sharp still talking, the offensive coordinators are not blaming themselves. Their inability to keep their quarterbacks upright, more sacks, bears, coupled with more conservative approaches and less aggressive play calling bears throughout the game, early scoring versus late scoring, and worse red soap play calling, historically bad performances, has, has severely hampered scoring, and let's not forget the NFL itself. The new rules emphasize, and I disagree with him here, over the last two years have been quite pro-defense. I don't really agree with him in there, but... And the results are unmistakable. Both the line of scrimmage with far fewer def defensive pre-snap penalties and far more offensive pre-snap penalties, as well as in big plays with a reduction of pass interference and an emphasis reduction of pass interference you can put on the picture if you want again and an emphasis on ineligible man downfield penalties negating big plays but somehow there are also more blowouts 
<laughs> Less excitement, fewer underdogs barking. Our underdogs are covering at 44.8% rate, the worst rate we've seen in two decades since 2003. In 2023, teams are combining to score 43 and a half points. Sound familiar per game? Last year, it was 43.3. These last two years of scoring represent the fewest points per game scored that we've seen in the NFL since they put an emphasis on roughing the passer or also could be called pushing down Aaron Rodgers and illegal hits over the middle of the field on defenseless receivers back in 2010, lowest scoring in over a decade for his former football player, Jason Whitlock, who can be a conservative conservative shill at times goes on to say the quality of play, particularly on the offensive side of the NFL has fallen drastically. Teams can't score. Not like they used to, and not in the rapid way NFL rule changes have been rigged to promote. Six weeks into the season, the NFL seemed more boring and low scoring than usual. This past weekend, and he's talking about he's in October or mid-October at this point. Two NFL teams scored more than 26 points two weeks ago. Six NFL teams failed to score a single touchdown, Bears. <laughs> a quick perusal of stats showed that scoring and touchdowns were down and field goals were up. I want to, you to ponder my theory. The problem with the NFL is not the main thing, is the main thing is no longer the main thing. Roger Goodell's league is mostly concerned with divvying up the spoils of football. It's hyper-focused on creating appearances of equality. People with no real affinity for football have been given a voice over the direction of the league. Now Whitlock, like I said, is a little crazy, but and he goes on to say that diversity and inclusion has something to do with it. I don't agree with that. But he points to parity in the NFL and people who are not in the NFL making NFL decisions. We've heard this before. When baseball's collective batting averages shrink faster than an American intention span to 241, Rod, Rob Manfred tapped his boy toy and future Kelsey Swift slash Swifty sloppy seconds recipient Theo Epstein back in February. And on this show, we did talk about it, and here is Theo Epstein. So this entire process started with an exhaustive program of fan outreach, surveys, polls, interviews, focus groups. Focus groups! Obviously, Theo Epstein thinks Major League Baseball is a 90s sitcom pilot. Focus groups. When I was far younger and a little prettier... The NFL product in the 90s was completely different. Although there was a problem, not enough action. Action overall. Action overall. So the NFL changed the game. And other than the uniforms and steroids, it hardly resembles the game I fell in love with. It seems to me sports in this country are less preoccupied with the integrity of the product on the field and now pandered to the casual fan. More invested more invested than getting Swifties on board than doing what we used to do in America and create a great product first and fuck you if you don't like it. A new <laughs> sport has entered the Olympics. I think Combs will like this. The name? Black football. Yeah, Bijan Robinson didn't even let the journalist finish the questions of whether he'd play before saying, yep, absolutely. Who? I ask you, Combs. And whoever's still listening, 
will be NFL's Epstein? Will it be Goodell, Tom Brady? And when they change it again, how much will it resemble flag football? That's fights gibberish, my friends. False start. Offense. The entire offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty snap penalty. I look. I I'm with you on a lot of the uh, on a lot of the stuff. Look, it, there this are my like. This is my passion project. <laughs> yeah, know. there are there are just too many too many things that point to other entities running things as opposed to the guys who are the face of running things and and in all sports it's there's different issues in all sports right like with baseball it's the oh we've got a we've got to shave off a half an hour so that the fan who watches in overall yeah so that the fan who watches 10 games a year might watch 15 as opposed to the fan that watches 162 or more games a year who loves the game the way it is and in stadiums were still stadiums were packed the previous 10 years, the numbers weren't going down and the numbers supported that the numbers weren't going down. How about market your game better? Robbie? Yeah. yeah. Right. How about do things that, that make sense? Like we were, I they had a, they had the ingenious idea and I loved the idea of having the number one seed, choose their their playoff team after the wild card round who they were going to play great idea great you know when nba viewership of the all-star game went up was when they started the backyard picking of the teams yeah i've got this guy i've got this guy and you know what the nba did this year they went back away from it (laughs) going back to the traditional east versus west like it, it 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 boggles the mind that they're like, oh, well, we got to do this and we've got to do that to make it more. It, stop, man. Listen to your fans that are there all the time. Who cares about the guy who only watches a handful of games or only goes to a game once every every six months? Like, don't worry about those people because you know what? Those people aren't the money that are paying the salaries. Those people aren't the money that you're putting in your pockets. It's the fans that are there in and out every single play of every single game those are the fans that you should listen to but they don't and and no great point like really great point i think this is probably both our passion projects but even when i was in not to take whatever uh even when i was in broadcasting it was more about spending less on a show and not just making a quality show or making a quality product does not really matter in this country anymore as long as you could try this weird way of maybe not making a quality project or product or not marketing it and trying to pander to everybody instead of just making a great product yeah football is vicious unless you find a way to cradle a brain in somebody's head it is always going to give guys cte it is always yeah. going to hurt people. You know what else hurts people? Walking out your front fucking door. Yes. Like baseball, or basketball, or basketball, football, baseball, it hurts. It all hurts. I guess football does a little bit more. But if you're getting into football and you don't know it hurts, then you already have CT. Like, I don't know what else. I mean, I just don't. I just think this is all going towards something. And the popularity of flag football now, if you haven't seen millions of viewers it's it's played 
in like 60, 70 countries now. That's why it's become an Olympic sport. Yeah. Is that what we're going to have at the end of all this is flag football? I I mean, at this point in the NFL with the with the way that yeah, Joe is sack drunk. Burrow's sack drunk too, but he, he could be. But with the way that um that things are going in the NFL with how you can't touch a quarterback, it's kind of one of those where you're just you're you're waiting for the day where you you do put flags on quarterbacks or where we do put a red penny on a quarterback because you you're not qualify. allowed to do anything. You have to qualify that, by the way. They they can hit one quarterback, Justin Fields. Yeah, 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 which is why he's, he's hurt. <laughs> um, head on the ground, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, you, you could do whatever you want to him. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where – you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to do the right thing and to, and to understand what is going on. But, but they don't, are you ready for a surprise? Yes. I love surprises. So all those that listen to the show, all those that follow us on our social media accounts, you guys know that I'm at Illinois media school. Uh, got a lot of things, got a lot of things going on. Um, you know, still waiting to hear back on, on a job opportunity, that type of stuff. Um, but one of our courses in one of our courses is, is a video course and we have to do all sorts of different things like right now, which I don't have yet. So don't get too excited. We're shooting a MIDI, a, a music video. And, and oh my God, I will tell you that the music video is, is everybody else in the class teaching me how to Dougie. Um, <laughs> I don't have that video yet. However, Boy. I do have my first commercial video that I shot myself, edited myself. And it's bad, but I'm going to show you guys <laughs> just how bad. Crazy. Here we go. Uh -huh. Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> I love it though. I now, love it. I I will say that my my idea would have been a lot better if it was a sixty second commercial. Um, I didn't realize until we were halfway through the block that it was only going to be a thirty second commercial. Um, so I had to edit out a lot of stuff. So my original idea was the same thing, you know, because you always see these Red Bull have wings commercials, and so my idea was, you're you know, a, a human instead of the the animated version gets wings and he's flying through a bunch of places, and at the end. I was going to be on top of the scoreboard at Wrigley Field eating popcorn and popcorn. enjoying myself uh, and, and watching a game. Oh, it it would have been a much better commercial had, had it been able to be longer, but it wasn't able to, so we got...
Red Bull gives you wings. What is the weird smile at the end? I, it was supposed to be me realizing that that I you know woke up from a dream and then realizing that I actually still had the wings. Um, but again, I I had I had to cut it down from a minute commercial that I had originally produced to only thirty seconds. So I still got an A on the project, but it's really bad. I mean, they didn't expect it to be good. Same way they don't expect it to be good when everybody's teaching me how to Dougie. Yeah, I got to see that. That is the holy grail of videos at this point. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll let you know if uh, if it if it's, yeah. Why does that commercial remind me of this? <laughs> <laughs> Come I on. mean, it stop. is so please, bad. Please stop. Stop playing football. Oh, uh, right here was good then i'm not gonna lie about the nfl it's so sloppy like one t- like you could basically bet a team every other week what's worse my red bull commercial or the bears offensive line <laughs> i don't know because they were good so that means they're gonna be bad the, okay so how the nfl is gone is a team plays well one week plays bad the next week most of the nfl does <laughs> yeah <laughs> your nightmare that john saw that commercial uh, your personal nightmare speaking of speaking of nightmares i i think uh i might have made jeremiah murray mad last night yeah can we can we pull up the fight we, we i mean i i could pull up the fight do you want me to pull up the fight i can i can certainly do that um i posted last night because jeremiah murray has been all about you know hey um you know, let's. We've got the uh, we've we've got a number one draft pick, and we've got uh, here we go. I got it right now. Okay. Uh, um, and we've got Caleb Williams coming up. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I don't think I don't think he's going to be that good. And so last night I said, Jeremiah, been a while since I heard it from you about Caleb Williams. Um, and then the fight started. Um, and there are a lot of replies on this. <laughs> Jeremiah says he had 369 yards passing and two touchdowns rushing. And no, he doesn't play defense for USC. First time since week one, he's thrown for more than 300 yards and more than one touchdown. So he's done it versus Colorado and Kale. Dude's going to be a superstar. Colorado bad defense. I mean, look, and that's my point with with all of this is that and you know he, he, second half against Colorado, but go on, right? And he comes to me and he's like, "Oh, you, you judge on what they do against people that they play and the competition that they play." No, when it comes to college football, I don't judge them on what they do versus their talent. I judge on them. I will judge a lot harsher. And I actually will bring into account what they don't do versus soft talent, what they don't do versus other teams in the Pac-12, what they don't do versus other teams with, you know, NFL-style defenses like Notre Dame has, right? What did he do in that game? Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. What has he done in game? If you look at games minus Cal and minus Colorado, he has three touchdowns to four interceptions. 
that Notre Dame defense is pretty good. Uh, yeah, it is very good. I it's don't. Been- think, I think he's better. I think he'll be better than Kyler Murray. Uh, even though Kyler Murray was okay, I mean, until he got hurt. Well, uh, here's the question that you have to answer, though: is is he going to be better than Tyson Bajan? <laughs> we got it. Has this city, this entire city, gone insane? Why do we want a fucking game manager as a quarterback with a bad defense? Even if you have an exceptional defense, why don't you? Why can't we have better? I mean, that's what that's what Justin Fields was going to be. I mean, at least what we thought he could be with the talent he has is to be an exceptional quarterback, top five, at least top 10 quarterback. I just do not see Tyson Bajan becoming that. Why do you want low ceiling quarterbacks? I don't get it. Other than a race thing, which I'm not going to go there. Because we're Chicago and we don't know what good quarterback play is. So when we have a quarterback who has done what Tyson Bajan did last week on multiple occasions, which is throw 21 completions for only 160 yards. We crucified him. We crucified him. They, oh, he's look at this guy. Yeah, sure. He completed 21 out of 30, but he only threw for 162 yards. But then Tyson Bajan does and is like, we've got the next Tom Brady. We're going to the Super Bowl. This is awesome. You want to play horizontally. Like I, you you realize that Tyson Bajan is the same quarterback that they took out of the game from the fifty yard line for Nathan Peterman to throw a hail mary because he can't throw it from the fifty yard line to the end zone. Who did you say, Nathan Peterman? Yes, that's who Tyson Bajant was sat for to throw a Hail Mary. It was that guy. And you're going to tell me that that we want. And look, he might be good. He, I, I was the first one to say he had a decent game last week. He did have a decent game last week. He didn't turn the ball over. It was amazing. And that's yes. enough. Yes, he was a good backup quarterback that got you a win. But there's people all over the place that are going nuts, and I can like I am, I am actually I I hope he wins tonight. I really do. I I hope he finds a way to win. I I I do not expect with Bosa and Mac in in this Chargers defensive front coming at him with a line that can't block a pillow. I don't expect him to survive the night. At which point, in my misery of watching the Bears lose again. I will be murdering people on Facebook that are all about Tyson Bajan and how much better he is than Justin Fields. And all these people out here calling for Caleb Williams, calling for stop people. This organization does not need another young quarterback. This organization cannot develop another young quarterback. They've never done it. The longest quarterback, tenured quarterback in Bears franchise history. I looked it up. Minus, I'm talking about since the since the McCaskies took over. The longest tenured quarterback was a quarterback that we traded for from Denver. And that was Jay Cutler. And that was six seasons. 
and the sixth season, he wasn't even the starter. No. So you're talking about a franchise that has never kept a guy past his rookie deal. Not Jim Harbaugh, not Rex Grossman, who went to a Super Bowl. Certainly not Mitch Trubisky. And it's not going to be Justin Fields either. They're not going to do it because this franchise can't develop them. So get it right. Go find yourself a veteran quarterback that, to Fitz's chagrin, will be a game manager. And predicate yourself on the run and on the defense, which you've done for years and years and years and years. But find a way to get it right. Just get it right. Because I'm so done with this franchise. Until the McCaskies sell, we will not be a relevant franchise. So try to be good enough to win. Because it, it, it that's all we have anymore in this city. That's all we have anymore in this town. And that's all we're we're going to have until they are out of the picture. Until oh, it, maybe they don't sell. Maybe maybe someday they wake up. Maybe after Virginia McCaskey passes away, George realizes, hey, you know what? I don't know anything about football. Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, you guys run the team. Then we'll get better that way too. But it's the only way. It's the only way. It's I uh, begrudgingly have to agree. I mean, having a quarterback that you know is at least going to be good at this point, I guess. But you kind of have that in Justin Fields. Why? You don't have to pick up the fifth-year option. You can have him through his fourth season, seeing that his first season was basically male practice. You probably ruined him his first season anyway. Uh, The thing is, is... Uh, a report came through late last night, and I sent you a text message with it. The The Bears are pursuing Chase Young. Yes. I mean, that's that's for sure they're pursuing him. Are they going to get him? Who knows? Why get him at this point in a two-and-five season? You know, maybe they see something with this defense. Uh, but Chase Young, good friends with Justin Fields, shared podiums together more than one time at, at Ohio State. I mean, it'd be kind of weird to make it's kind of a stretch, but does that mean they're keeping Justin? I mean, do that? Do they believe in Justin? We, we don't even know what they think about him. It, they've never I don't think they've ever backed this kid enough. Yeah. It, it, and it goes to the point of. Of everybody in different situations gets treated differently, right? Like with Tyson Bajan, who I just talked about, we we treat this kid differently, throwing doing the same numbers or maybe even putting up less numbers because the last two weeks where Justin Fields was healthy, he was throwing for 300 yards and he was he was putting up touchdown after touchdown, right? So so much so much so that he's still tied for sixth in in, uh, leaders and touchdown passes in the NFL. By the way, just just throwing that out there. but we we don't like Justin Herbert. Let's take him for example. Would you like to start your franchise with Justin Herbert? I don't know what's going on with him. The guy throws for about 500 yards a game. He, he I mean, he really does. He puts up numbers and he, he's a good quarterback. But I don't see the big separation between him and Fields. He doesn't well, right a whole lot of games. He you know throws a decent amount of picks. He's got a cannon. Uh, Fields probably a better runner than him. I mean, I don't see the 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 large gap between Herbert and you know. Well, you were supposed to say yes when I asked you that question because most people would say yes. Most people, and, and, and then my answer was going to be just like yours. There's not much of a big difference. You know, Justin Herbert, since he was drafted, has the most losses in the NFL. More losses than any other quarterback with 28. 
since he was drafted, he throws for a ton of, of, of yards, right? He still right now has less touchdown passes than Justin Fields. But Justin Herbert is thought of as one of the top five to top 10 quarterbacks in this league. Mm -hmm. But we treat him differently than what we treat Justin Fields. And here's the difference. Justin Herbert is in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Justin Herbert is one of those guys that we love to, to talk about. We love to hype up because he really is a good quarterback when you look at it. The team doesn't win because they've got probably one of the worst head coaches in the NFL next to Matt Eberflus. <laughs> You're looking at, at a, a – he's in a different situation, right? But Justin Fields is in an organization that has never – never been able to develop a quarterback that has never kept a quarterback longer than five years that has never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. This is not an organization. Unfortunately, we're going to suffer for it, through it for the rest of our lives. This has never been an organization that has one of those offenses that you are afraid of. This has never been an organization that has one of those offenses that is going to put up 30 points per game. This isn't, this is a, a franchise, an organization that is going to run the ball down your throat. And that is going to stop you from scoring a lot of points. They're going to win games 17 to 10. They're going to win games 10 to three, 10 to six, those types of games. That's what this franchise is built on. That's what this franchise is. So, as much as all these people want Caleb Williams, as much as they want Tyson Bajan to be the next Tom Brady, as much as they, they think Justin Fields needs to go away, here's what's going to happen. Justin Fields is going to go away. Justin Fields is going to win with another organization. And Justin Fields, is you're going to have to watch it from afar because you're going to watch it in the playoffs. You know why? Because you're not going to be watching the Bears in the playoffs. And that so you're going to be watching Justin Fields win with with the Rams or with yeah, the, the Falcons. I was going to say isn't going to be far from the uh, from the Chargers organization. Yeah, <laughs> he goes with the Rams, and I I think we got a Justin Herbert fan. If, if he, if, I love Justin Herbert. I'm a Justin Herbert fan too. He, as a matter of fact, he's the starter on my fantasy team. I love Justin Herbert. And your fans, I, I do. He, I when he came out of the draft, I said he was the best player in his draft class. Best quarterback in his draft class was Justin Herbert. I firmly believe that. But what I'm saying is when you look at the numbers, though his numbers up to next to Justin Fields, minus the passing yards, everything is relatively the same. The amount of, of losses is relatively the same. It, but we we talk about Justin Fields like he's out here like Jamarcus Russell or Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Like he just can't throw a ball or something. When we watch him play, he throws a deep ball. His deep ball accuracy, when you look at a goal, there, there's stats out there that you can find where it is all of the other numbers, right? His deep ball accuracy, he's fifth in the league in deep ball accuracy. You know who he's ahead of in deep ball accuracy? Patrick Mahomes. But we don't look at that stuff. We just see what's on the field. Oh, I want to look at the wins and losses. Let's look at how we're losing. You know why we're losing? Because everything around him is broken. 
He has no offensive line. He has no head coach. He has no offensive coordinator. He he doesn't have any of this. The defense has been atrocious, minus the last two weeks. Has been absolutely atrocious. They lose that Denver game. They were up what 28 to, to what seven? Yeah. They lose that Denver game. That's not on Justin Late Fields. Yeah. It, that, that, that's on a team sitting on a lead and not having the intestinal fortitude. Not having the intestinal fortitude to go out there and continue to stomp on their throat. Like, or- like, we're, like we're this franchise that is so good that we can just sit back and wait on a lead because we're just going to walk all over them. Okay. And so they sit on a freaking lead that we don't have the ability to sit on. When you are doing things that are working, and they did this all last year, and we knew it was because they were tanking. They did it all last. When you are stopping on somebody's throat, you continue to do what is working. Beat them into submission. When you are this franchise who continuously does what they do, continuously finds a way to lose, continuously finds ways to waste young quarterback careers, you don't have the ability to sit on a lead. You have to stomp on their necks. You have to go for the throat. You have to put them into submission. You don't sit on Lee. You don't do what they're doing, but that's what they do. And we're like, oh, Justin Fields. He's the reason we lost the game. Mm-hmm. Man, man throws for 300 yards. He's the reason we lost the game. We'll run the six naked bootleg of the game. We'll trick him again. Yes. And, and people did it to Trubisky too. I, I didn't, I wasn't a Trubisky believer from the start. I didn't, I didn't think he, he was very good, but in that playoff game, the double doink playoff game, he was great. It's one he, of the he, best QB performances in a bear for 300 yards. Yep. Tutty. Yeah. yeah. The, the guy had a good game, but we, we killed him for it. And why? No, because a double doink happened, because we lost the game. Winning cures all. So that's why I say that if Tyson Bajan does find a way to win tonight, Tyson Bajan does find a way to beat the Saints in New Orleans, then we beat Carolina and we're 5-5. Five and five. All of a sudden, Justin Fields is going to have surgery on that thumb. Mark my words. And Justin Fields is going to be gone, and, and we're we're still not going to be a playoff team. <laughs> we're going to be one of the worst 500 teams of all time, and then the Lions are going to put us back in our place. Flip the script. Of, you know, you got – I know they're in Los Angeles, the yeah. Chargers, but they're the second team there and the first team. You know, Los Angeles really doesn't care about football, let's face it. They don't care about sports, period. Yeah, but they definitely don't care about the Chargers. Let's flip the script. Justin Herbert is on the Bears. He's playing for the Bears. He's putting up the same numbers as he is with the Chargers. He's losing the same amount of games. He lost the playoff game. He he let the Jaguars come back and Trevor Lawrence come back. Not Russell Wilson come back. He let Trevor Lawrence come back. Yeah, yeah. All that happens. How are are we treating Herbert? Same way. Chicago media treating him. Yeah, they're treating him the same exact way. I think he gets more of of an opportunity, though. And here's the reason why, because he's more of a pocket passer. And he's right. I'll give him that. Yeah. That second part as well. I mean, I I, look, I I don't. And I'll be the first one to tell people all the time. You can't bring race into it. You can't just, you can't just make up things that aren't there, but this is a thing that is there. (laughs) Justin Fields. Is the first franchise 
black quarterback that this team has ever had. And don't don't give me the stuff. Oh well, we 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 had slash, and we you know we had uh, who was the other? They had another kid that they got out of Washington, and, and it was they they were one year placeholders. Yeah, when we got both of those guys, Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart and I can't remember the guy, the kid that they got from Washington, um, way back when. Probably about Brian Greasy for a little while, who had some good years on the Broncos. <sighs> yeah, like I did this. This organization needs a a quarterback that is a veteran that knows how to manage games. Because they have a weapon, I'm telling you right now, and I've I said this this week on Facebook. If Justin Fields goes to Sean McVay, if Justin Fields goes to the Los Angeles Rams, he will be the biggest dual threat quarterback that you have seen since Michael Vick. Oh, absolutely, he'll make that work. One hundred percent, he'll make that work With because he knows how to develop it and a better team around him. With actually, yeah, and GM there too, and he knows how to game plan for the quarterback as opposed to trying to get the quarterback to game plan for his game plan. Is there a chance in hell this, this bears team makes the playoffs doubting Thomas checking in playoffs, playoffs. Yeah. Do do you believe before we get to the wheel of death, do you believe that we get chase young? I think it's possible. I don't think it's a bad deal either. uh, As long as, you know, we, signs a long-term deal I, I don't know what his contract looks like now but i do think he has to sign a long-term deal it would be so bears to go ahead and make this trade without without doing the contract first <laughs> this has no. to be one of those where like look we want to trade no. for you but you got to sign here Yeah, you got to sign here the the killio mac trade yeah Kilio mac was the same thing he was going right. to sign with the bears long term. yeah uh, i just i don't you know. might see him tonight too that could be uh, bad uh, over under five and a half sacks tonight for the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to go under because I think they're going to do the same thing. But I, I think the Chargers are going to be I think the Chargers are going to be ready for it. And I just think Luke Getzey is going to be stubborn as he has been all year. And they're going to play the horizontal game, which <laughs> I, I, I texted you last week. If someone can just explain to me, just explain <laughs> What what is the point of a wide receiver screen with no blocking? Better question. Over under fourteen screenplays. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, going over. I'm going over. It depends yeah. how many plays they get. I don't. I don't know if they get a lot of plays in this game. I think the Chargers have the ball for a while. Whew. I mean, I it, it's a tough game to call. Eight and a half points. I think is really is kind of ridiculous for the Chargers, but. You being a better, you're you're a part of that whole West Coast trip <laughs> uh, thing. But um, I I think eight and a half points is a lot for a team who's two and four. Yeah, uh, it just depends how many plays the Bears get to play at. The Bears have sixty plays, sixty five plays. I think there'll be more than fourteen screens. If the Bears have forty five plays, probably not. All right. All our lives hang by a thread. Now we've got a man waiting for sentence. But ain't it the truth? You take your chances with the law. Justice is only a roll of the dice, a flip of the coin, a turn of the wheel. 
This is the Wheel of Death. And here we go. And it is time for the Wheel of Death. My guy, Ryan Fitzgibbons, lost again last week. He will be spinning the wheel again today. Which is good, because you're the only one that pays off your bets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where the uh, now I did wear the Sox jersey. Only because we couldn't find a Packers cheese a head. Because they don't have them here in Chicago. We need a wax. We we do need a wax. We I promise you we will get, we will get that wax. Um <laughs> hot ass wax. <laughs> we gotta isolate that, I think. <laughs> All right, so we will get to the spin, but we have to make our picks for this week first. Yeah. Are we going against the spread again? Or are we going straight up? Yeah, we'll go against the spread. All right. Keeping it against the spread. Here we go. We have, first up, the Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are a seven-point favorite over the Los Angeles Rams. Which way are you going? At Cowboys, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I don't really like the Cowboys. I'm taking Cowboys. You're going Cowboys minus seven. I'm I, going with the Rams plus man, seven. Minus six on my end. I, I think I think they're I have minus seven here on ESPN. I I could pull it up and share it on the screen, but I'm just I using ESPN. Too. I can share mine too. It's on That's ESPN. weird that we have different ones. Um but I have Dallas minus seven. Um, we'll look it over after the show. Either way, I'm going with the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win this game straight up. Okay. I, I would have picked the Rams if we were not doing the spread, but I'm going to take the Rams and I'm going to take the points. Um, look, Dallas just has not looked the same defensively uh, since they lost Diggs. Uh, it, it's been a, a struggle for them, and I think that the Rams offense can keep pace with them. Um, so give me the Rams plus seven. Vikings wreck this game though. Go on. Vikings at Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. We have to choose one of our foes in this game. It's Minnesota minus one. They are one point favorite at Lambeau. When was the last time you saw a road favorite at Lambeau? Um, Minnesota minus one. Who you got? Yeah, that is weird. I, I don't have any faith in Jordan Love. I'm going Vikings. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this Vikings defense is going to um, to destroy Jordan Love, which probably means the Packers win by 17. Um, but I'm going, I'm going with the Vikings minus one as well. I'm not a believer in Jordan Love whatsoever. I think they got it wrong in Green Bay. Then we have Titans versus Falcons in Tennessee. Atlanta is a two and a half point road favorite. We got. You're going first next time. All so right, I'll, I'll go first now. I'm taking the the Falcons. I'm giving up the points. I think the Falcons are 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 
a lot better than what a lot of people think that they are, especially once they get Justin Fields. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Tinfoil hat time. I think the Titans are reeling. There's a lot of speculation that Derrick Henry could be traded by Tuesday. Um, so I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons in this one. I'm going to give up the points. Yeah, I hear uh, I hear the Bills are going hard for Henry. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting yeah. thing. Um, I'm going Falcons, too. You, you uh, All right. convinced me. Is it minus two and a half on your side? Maybe I have an old minus two and a half is what I have. Okay. Yep. Then we have the the Saints heading to Indy to take on the Colts indoor at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Saints are a, a lot of road favorites in this one. Saints are a two point road favorite. I am going with the Colts plus two points. Uh, I think the Colts might win this game outright. The Saints are just one of those teams that are wishy-washy. Their mm-hmm. defense is really good, but their offense, like, I mean, Derek Carr seems to get hurt on every other hit. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know if he's going to finish any game that he plays. Uh, and so I'm just I'm going with the Colts at home with this one, plus the points. Yeah, I'm going Colts, too. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Both of us are on the Colts. For sure. Every time we both pick yeah. a, a team, they they lose yes. by a lot yes. by a lot. So if you're betting, I would bet any game that we take the same team, except for maybe this one. Patriots at Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a an eight point home favorite. Go eight point home favorite. <laughs> I am giving up the points I, as well. I I don't I don't know that that the Patriots can can cover this spread. Um, the Dolphins coming off of a, another loss. I just, I feel like they want to make a statement yeah. to New England. I think they want to make a statement to the AFC East. Uh, and, you know, with Buffalo getting that, that fluke win <laughs> aided by the referees against Tampa Bay this week, um, I think they want to make a statement that they're the team to beat in the AFC East. I think they do it against New England. Pretty easily. Then we have the battle of the New York teams that play in New Jersey. That are bad. And they share the same home, but the Giants are considered the home team in this one. The New York Jets are considered a three-point road favorite. Who you got? I got the Jets. I have I have zero, zero faith in the Giants at this point in the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is tough because I really like Brian Dable. I think he's he's mm-hmm. a hell of a head coach. Um, I think the players really play hard for him, um, and it's hard. To, it's it's really saying something when we say we we are more of a believer in Zach Wilson than we are of your team. Um, but this week, I'm more of a believer in Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, I'm taking the Jets minus three as well. Jaguars five and two at the Steelers. Surprisingly, sitting at four and two. Mm-hmm. They're getting healthy. They got Deontay Johnson back last week. Um, it looked good in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Watch the end and, of that game against the Rams. Yeah. And Jacksonville's a two and a half point road favorite. Another road favorite here this week. Who you got? I famously still, even at this point, don't believe in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he's a okay quarterback. I think he'll have a good, you know, a decent career. I just don't think he's, he's 
totally the the difference in in pretty much almost any game. So yeah. I, I'm with the Steelers here. I'm not going against the Steelers again. I know they're every other week they play a good game, but I, I think they righted the ship, and I think Pickett looked okay. Yeah, and I I don't bet against them at home against the spread. Uh, they don't lose at home against the spread, and they're they're very they're they're a very underrated team. Um, I like Kenny Pickett. I like what they've done. I like the fact that they're getting healthy again. So I'm with you. I'm with the Steelers plus two and a half. And we go to Washington, where we have the Eagles at the Commanders, another road favorite. Surprise, surprise. Philadelphia seven point road favorite, coming off their first loss of the year against a really bad team Who do you i'm get? gonna st- i'm i'm gonna go with the eagles minus seven I, th- I think that the eagles are a really good football team i think that the commanders with all the chase young talk and, and all of this stuff i think that they're going to be reeling um so give me philadelphia minus seven john likes the jets <laughs> john likes the jets <laughs> in that game uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Eagles and the Chiefs are the only two good teams in the league, and I wouldn't even say they're uh, – it's hard to say they're excellent teams either. So you're going with the Eagles as well? Yeah, Eagles. All right. Mm-hmm. So when we got the Texans sitting at 3-3, three and three, C.J. Stroud, probably the surprise of the year, probably the lead candidate right now for rookie of the year, having a really good season over there in Houston. 1,660 passing yards already, nine touchdowns to one interception. Great ratio that he has there. Um, And the Panthers are just really, really bad. Houston's a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. I'm going to take Houston. I'm going to give up the three-and-a-half points. Well, yeah, obviously I have to take Houston. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean even even yeah. if the spread was a little bit higher, I'm still going with Houston. Um the Panthers are just I mean they're they're atrocious thankfully because we have their number 1 pick. Yes. That's awesome. Browns travel to Seattle. Both teams sitting at 4 and 2. Seattle is a 4-point home favorite over the Browns who are without Deshaun Watson this week. I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm giving up the points. I the Browns do have a very good defense. Um, but I think the Seahawks are good enough to cover four at home. Yeah, I think so. Gina Smith's been good. I mean, the Seahawks have been good. I think they win this game. Then we have the Ravens and the Cardinals in Arizona. Another road favorite. Baltimore is a nine and a half point road favorite. East coast to West coast. It is a later game. If it was an earlier game, I might have a different opinion, but Ravens versus Cardinals minus nine and a half for the Ravens. Who you got? It's the game they played last week. It's hard not to take the Ravens. I'm 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 all over the Ravens. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens as well. I think Lamar turned this turned a corner there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, look, we say turned a corner, but I mean, the guy is a is a former MVP of the league. Um, I I think Lamar is. He's also he's their leading passer. He's also their leading rusher. Um, so I I go with um, I go with the Ravens here. Bengals 49ers in San Francisco. San Francisco is a four point home favorite. Another team. Coming off their second loss of the season. Who you got? 
I'll go first. I'll tell you what. I'm taking the Bengals and I'm taking the points. Um, All right. I'm taking San Fran. I think I think that uh, Brock Purdy has struggled a little bit here um, with accuracy, um, with being yeah. able to lead the team downfield. Christian McCaffrey is clearly playing hurt. Um, I I just I like the Bengals getting better. Um, I like the Bengals defense um, against a hurt McCaffrey and a not so accurate Brock Purdy right now. Um, give me the Bengals. I'll take the points. You don't think you're, Joe is back drunk? You're taking the Niners. Minus four. Take the Niners. Minus four. All right. And then Sunday night football. The battle of the two and fives. <laughs> uh, sorry, the Chargers are two and four. Why is this a fucking Sunday night? Because before the season, it was supposed to be Justin Herbert versus Fields. These were probably both supposed to be two teams that were five and two or four and two. And you could make that argument that the Bears should probably have won two or three other games to make correct, correct. Um, but they don't flex games. I don't believe until like week twelve, week thirteen. So this remains the Sunday night game. <sighs> Chargers are a nine and a half point home favorite. Nine and a half now. Nine and a half. You gotta send me this link. I I'll look right now here. I will present, share screen. Do you have to talk through it like you're a freaking 90-year-old man trying to use well, it? Well, yeah, because there are people that listen to our podcast that don't know what we're doing when we're silent. Yeah, I know, but you, we don't have to be silent. So you can see right here, it says Bears, Chargers, Chargers, nine and a half points. Okay. I'm going Bears. Why not? Come on. I'm going to root for them anyway. I don't think this is going to decide our, our 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 fate, but it might. At nine and a half points, look, this, this is a tough one because I do think the Chargers are going to have their way with Tyson Bajent. But I'm also not so that defense has been playing well the last couple of weeks. This is going to be the reason why I lose this week, but I'm taking the Chargers and giving up the points. Here we go. Take a bow. Taking a bow. And then the final game, we have the Raiders and the Lions on Monday Night Football. As you can see, the Lions are a seven and a half point home favorite. Who you got? After watching that Raiders thing last week, yeah. Bad (laughs) coaching. A lot of players don't know what they're doing. Is O'Connell starting this game? Uh, yeah. I'm going Lions. I just sent you my weekly picks. I was I was writing them down in text because I didn't have a pen on me to write down both of our picks. Lions minus, are they minus eight and a half? I think they're minus seven. Hold on, let me bring it back up real quick. Uh, the Lions are minus seven and a half. Minus seven and a half. Okay. Minus seven and a half. I'm I'm still going Lions. Yeah, I'm still going. I would have taken the Lions minus thirty. Um, <laughs> hey. I, I I take the the Lions on this one all day. The the Raiders are really Brian, really bad. Just done. Whew. Yeah, I, they're just they're they're bad. Um, John says Bajent plus Bears equals win, baby. He is open. I'll be happy to be wrong. I, I I will be happy to be wrong. I just I think that. I just think I'm not wrong. Since 1950, 
A quarterback from Division Two hasn't started a game in his rookie year since 19. 19- I mean, it's a great story already. And yeah. heck, if he could keep playing well, I'm a Bears fan. I'll be rooting for the kid. It's a great story. It's just, uh, I don't know. You got to throw down the field. And that's yeah. what Brock Purdy's having trouble doing, by the way. That final interception was terrible. It was. And, and it. And the question on him was arm strength. It just was. Yeah. It was. God, here we go. It is time to spin that wheel one more time for my guy, Ryan Fitzgibbons. We've gone one again. We go in three. Last week, you could have got your eat a gummy on one. Yeah, let's go one. Going one. Here we go. We have the same charities, too. I'll take a $50 chair. We, we like egg on the head. Egg on the head. Hold on. Egg on that. Oh! Oh! Wait! You can't. We already did this one. What the hell? This guy, unbelievable! All right, one more time. I thought I took it out of there. A little loud. I think I have to bring it on the stupid guy. What the heck happened to the wheel? Why did it stop spinning? What is going on? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Last week, you had to donate $20 to my betting account. This week, it's a day of drinking on you. All right. And I love my Captain of Coke and my shots. Uh, it's, go to, eh. it, it's not going to be a cheap day. Maybe we do the show from the bar, from some bar. Oh, God. We can't do the show while you're while I'm drinking. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Liar. Not, not while I'm drinking like that. <laughs> Stop when, it. When I'm drinking on my dime, I pace myself. When I'm drinking on your dime, I'm not going to be able to speak. Offense, the entire offensive line. By the time I'm done drinking, I'm going to sound like John Fitzgibbon talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. He sent you a picture. He did. He did. What was the picture of? I don't remember. Uh, Some some old guy. I don't know. It wasn't Tom Brady who was actually the greatest quarterback of all time. It was some some other guy who only went to like four Super Bowls compared to Tom Brady's ten. And only one four compared to Tom Brady's seven. Similar so. careers, though. Similar. Mm, except Tom Brady think. didn't have Jerry Rice to throw to pretty much his whole career. Um, didn't have a Hall of Fame offensive line his whole career. Yeah. Didn't have a Hall of Fame running back. All right. He did not. How many Hall of Famers are on uh, are are in the Hall of Fame around Tom Brady's offensive lines? Andy, well. I'd have to look into it. I don't know. I don't, I should know more about fat guys. Being it, the, I mean, and they gave they gave Tom Brady a Hall of Fame wide receiver for three seasons. And what did he do? What did he do? He passed all touchdown records thrown by anybody. Oh, he He's also the only quarterback who's ever thrown for over six hundred touchdowns in a career. It's not even close. Stop it. Just shut your mouth. Making an ass of yourself. Like just shut your mouth. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's second in. 
How's your back, Joe? <laughs> that one year, bro, I fucking broke my back pretty much. How do you pretty All much? right, guys. It's time for us to get out of here. It's been another week. You've got our picks. Make sure you place your bets on every team that we put on to win together. Make sure you put your bets on the other team. <laughs> we'll get out of here. Have a good one, guys. Oh.